Hey guys, welcome to another Unplugged Health series. This week, the episodes are gonna be all about sleep. How we can optimize it, how we can make sure that we know why we're sleeping, how we can realize if we're in a good circadian rhythm, and we'll get into that, and different tips that me and Roger have not come up with necessarily ourselves, but we've tried different tips, different methods in order to optimize our sleep the best to become a healthier, better person necessarily. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this one because I think this is one uh, episode that I kind of almost want as a banker for our um, our practice for, because we get asked quite a lot about sleep um, and how, you know, the, the, the tip of how can I sleep better. And it's really, really an interesting subject when you look at it and look into functional medicine side of things of, of the function of sleep because a lot of people I think tend to look at sleep as something separate yeah and I do stuff during the day and then now it's time to sleep and and then they go I don't sleep very well I lie there at night and I'm awake or I don't get a quality sleep and we've kind of almost separated sleep away from what what else is happening in our lives through the day and sleep is really only part of a, of a natural cycle um, together with being awake is also part of the natural cycle oh yeah and nowadays we seem to have a kind of mindset of sleep where we're in such a busy world and there's this kind of FOMO, the fear of missing out, which was actually diagnosed yeah. as a condition that we think that if we sleep, we're missing out. Therefore, because things are available around the clock, people were having shift working and everything like this, we get lower and lower windows of sleep. Which, well, and there's a, there's a bravado, isn't there, of like, well, I can survive on six hours sleep. I get yeah. by, by, you know, five or, you know, even some, some businessmen and women are going like four hours. And they, it's, it's different to what, is, what you can get by with, what, you, what you, is all right for you versus what your optimum is. Yeah. And I was speaking, speaking to a patient earlier of this concept of if you went away and you had two or three weeks where you were just left to your own devices, you followed just the rhythm of the day and you went to sleep when you were ready for sleep and you woke up when you were ready. I think the first week or so you would have this big readjustment and probably sleep a lot. But down the line somewhere you would get a, a rhythm of being actually rested and recharged and awake and sleeping and, um, and, and then being active through the day. But it's, it would actually be a totally, totally different rhythm to what we have in our, in our modern day, everyday routine. Yeah, and there was actually a study with um, people actually going on a camping trip. And we have, people say they're morning people, people say they're evening people. And they took 50-50 of each one of what they said they were. It wasn't scientifically proven whether they were this or that. And they actually, the evening people, when we took a, a camping trip, so you're spending the evening by a campfire, yeah. no electronic equipment or anything. The evening people did stay up later, but it was half an hour later. And it was, the nights, it's dark, around the campfire, you've not got the blue lights or keeping yourself awake, or, and then it ended up that they went to sleep within 30 minutes of each other. These people that said they can't get to sleep early, they, yeah. and they woke up earlier as well. And that goes to show that a lot of it is what we've told ourselves, and we've kind of changed our whole environment to be there to be later in the evening, wake up later in the morning yeah, and we've, we've, well. we've tied ourselves with a lot of distractions of, yeah. of which 
you know, we should we know ideally know in ourselves more or less. I think a time when you we know we should really be getting ready or go to bed, but then there's the distraction of a TV or a of of, of some entertainment element of as opposed to also that process of getting ready for for sleep. But I think what we what I want to highlight also is that the importance of sleep. I think people forget that actually sleep has a real important function. Uh, it is it has a detox function. We know that the brain at night clears out a lot of lymphatic um, uh, tissue, a lot of lymphatic drainage at night. It is restorative. It has a detox element of it's vital to get the quality, good quality as well as quantity sleep mm -hmm. to function during the day. And we, we really need to see that sleep is part of day function. You know, we need to see it as part of a, a togetherness of sleep and day rather than I just do whatever and then I suppose I'll get some sleep or I get a second wind and I can get by with. And you mentioned also before on, on a hormonal level, Massive. on stress levels and testosterone, particularly with guys of, and hormonal levels um, are huge when you look at some of the disruptions relating to the circadian rhythm. And also, if you, if you look at that testosterone level, you mentioned for guys there, but women still need testosterone yeah. as well. And if guys have actually got higher levels of testosterone than women, and it's having that impact to a guy, then what impact is it having to a woman? Yeah. And by that as well, we mean, like I've spoken about in one of the other episodes, that if you over 30, your testosterone levels will reduce by about 1% every year. So in 10 years, in a decade, you've lost 10% of your testosterone. Now, if you sleep, studies have shown six hours or less for two weeks, you will end up dropping your testosterone potentially 10 to 15%. So you can age yourself 10 to 15 years in just two weeks. And when you look at the potential of what testosterone does on other hormones and how you function, you can start seeing why you've got this the, this, the smoking coals of other health issues down the line. You know, the other thing also with um, quality and quantity of sleep is relating to sleep being a problem resulting in, in the knock-on effect from other health issues. Mm -hmm. You know, you go from heart disease to diabetes, uh, mental health and mood disorders, all the way to autoimmune conditions, um, obesity, your immune function, and, and musculoskeletal elements. We see a lot of that as far as, um, you know, the fibromyalgias, the stress levels, having a knock-on effect, but they're coming out in other health issues. So a lot of people aren't identifying that they've got other health issues relating to because of a poor sleep pattern. It's almost like, again, it's like the sleep is just something that we do. This is the important stuff during the day. Yeah. And then we, we kind of get tired, so we have, a, we have a bit of a sleep. And we manage stress throughout the day. And I've got a talk coming up next week at, at the forum in Norwich, and I'm going to go about Jenga being basically our body yeah. and how we have stress stackers. And with this is that we have different things and I'm, I'm going to explain about in the morning in my house, the dog's barking at the postman is going to stress, stress yourself and it's going to be take one Jenga block out, put it on top. And then it might be that you wake up to a crazy alarm, one Jenga block up, put it on top. It might be that because the dogs are barking, you've then let your eggs burn because you've come back, you've gone back, put it on top. And we have these different stress stackers throughout the day. And it all starts off that with we need to get that Jenga block nice and solid yeah. the freeze the freeze and freeze on the rows now sleep essentially allows us to take that tall block and repurpose it in the in the middle so yeah. it's all solid and, and straight and it ends up if we don't do that it's one way of putting 
keeping those bricks stacked up if we don't sleep well, optimally. It's a great analogy also because then it's a case of this with this Jenga is now unstable. It's we we have to work harder to balance Eventually it. it falls. But it's it's it, it works so hard to balance it. But now it's twelve o'clock at night and I better get some sleep. I've still got to stack all this because I I'm still juggling all the stress. And so it's no wonder then we wake up early in the morning and we're going, I wake up at three or four in the morning um, and uh, I'm still trying to, uh, all these things are whizzing through my mind. Yeah. And, and that's the, the important thing why I stress is that the sleep is really part of a natural rhythm. If you look at cortisol levels being peaking in, in the morning and should ideally drop through the day, and then as cortisol drops and the light changes and get dark, melatonin levels go up, these are natural rhythms which then also instruct other hormones, your serotonin, your dopamine levels, they should all be in sync and actually you should be ready kind of going into sleep mode, just a natural process. And anyone's got done jet lag or screwed up their circadian rhythms with um, melatonin levels and that knows what it's like for that to be out. And, and it's, a, it's a fast track to, to you know, messing up your mental health if, you, if you're not Massively. sleeping properly. And also you mentioned there with the jet lag side of things, a lot of people have this Monday morning feeling. And that's essentially the body is jet-lagged. Because Monday they'll wake up. They're a lot of time. It might be 6 a.m. on a Monday. They go and do their working day. They end up going to bed at 9, 10, 9.30, 10.30, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, then they wake up the next morning. They feel a little bit better because the body's getting a little bit used to it. They're into a routine, maybe preparing their food and getting good nutrition throughout. Wednesday they feel great because their body's a little, pretty much used to getting up at 6 o'clock. And Thursday, even better, Friday comes, great, the weekend's hitting. What happens Friday night? They go for a drink with their friends and family or whatever it is, their workmates, stay up a little later. We'll touch on alcohol in a minute and what that does with sleep. But then the next morning they may wake up at eight, nine because they're gonna have a lion because it's the weekend and they can. And then they end up doing whatever they do at the weekend, go out for lunch and then they go and have their Chinese in the evening, watching Aunt and Dex Saturday Night Takeaway or something like that on there. Hopefully that'll get back. Now they're back there yeah. and winning awards. And in the evening, it's 11, 12, they go to bed. And then the next morning, they wake up at 9, 10 o'clock. Yeah. Then it's, oh, I had this lion, big fry up or something, and a big roast dinner. Loads of food in there that they wouldn't normally eat during the week. And then they try and sleep at 10 o'clock on the Sunday night. And they're tossing and turning, and can't get to sleep. And they're en- ending up pushing their body from... This is nine, nine or six till nine, ten o'clock on the Friday. Yeah. That window goes up, that window goes up, and then they're trying to push it back down again. They're essentially jet lagged on a Monday yeah. morning. And that's where a lot of that Monday morning feeling comes from. I, and I love that you mentioned also with the gut because um, there's really some really interesting research and information coming out from gut health and the circadian rhythm. And they, what they realize is that the bacteria in the gut actually move around in different times of the day. So there's a big question mark is that, is your daily rhythm, the circadian rhythm, is it, do we, do we determine and then the gut changes, the bacteria change, or does, is it actually the gut driving it? Because what they found is that the gut bacteria, not only obviously do they process food ideally at optimum times of the day when we normally be eating, um, but also they ch- it changes position and moves around in, in different stages of the day and night. So this has huge influences when you know that uh, serotonin production is affected, we know that mood is affected by the gut and, and bacteria. When you then start seeing how with shift workers 
and people eating late, late at night, um, they are instructing our wanting their gut to now digest a meal at three o'clock in the morning, but the gut bacteria are in a totally different sink. Yep. And so you can see the potential of why when you start understanding the function of the body in relation to day and night and hormonal levels and then how why the shift worker or the, the, the real traveler, the, 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 the jet lag, and not even the jet lag, they're operating on a global time because they just Sydney here, this first class here jetting around, of how down the line it can result in a big massive big, health issue big but health also issue. psychological issues as well yeah i mean i put it in the same in the same bracket i watched uh, the other day a thing on uh, um was it vici the guy the dj dj yeah uh, it was about unfortunately it was about who the who in the music industry had been lost in 2018 and they showed him and they showed some of his lifestyle and he was he was DJing in Sydney, and in a five-day slot, he was in Sydney, then Spain, then uh, Rio de Janeiro, and then, and he was absolutely, absolutely exhausted. But he was then also propped up by the element of um, medications, alcohol, the lifestyle, being a teenager. His his brain was just getting pumped up and down with dopamine and hormones and everything, and it it, it just took its toll. And then so he had a huge amount of mental health issues. And then actually had to have an extended time off because his, his body was, was breaking down. He was losing weight. He wasn't sleeping well and that. And it just highlights the extent of what that kind of, the, the extreme of that lifestyle of, of the trade-off of what it what it. it it's what massive it there do. as well. It, stress can make you lose weight. It can break your body down, but it can make you put on weight. It's, everyone reacts differently to it. Now, with sleep, what are the stages of sleep that people should be looking for? Now, before we go into that, we've got things like Apple Watches, we've got yeah. the Samsung Watches, and they'll track their sleep. We can look at technology as to why it may not be the best thing to have them on in, in, in the next episode. But let's yeah. look at the stages of sleep that goes into the non-REM and then getting into the REM. Yeah, I mean, the stages of sleep, I, I don't think people need to get too technical with, with the stages, but knowing just knowing that there are stages. There's yeah. five different stages. You've basically got... Um, you're, you're, everyone knows about the, the rapid eye movement sleep, the deep sleep, that's when you dream. But you're actually going through in a 90 minute cycle these five stages. And it generally goes from light sleep to deep sleep and then light again. And so it explains why for some people they go, well I get to sleep alright, but then early hours of the morning I'm lying there awake and I'm thinking about the emails and everything. Because you've gone through that deep sleep and then you've come up into a light sleep and now it's allowed the subconscious and the, the active brain to take over. So it's identifying that there is stages of sleep and that yeah. you will go through the night having different experience that you will be slightly aware of your environment, but that's normal. That That's where what's going on through the day is important to be dealt with because you should want to really naturally should be then drifting back into it into a deeper and the deeper REM sleep. being being the very kind of the regenerating yeah it's a dream state yeah. um, and that's why the eyes flicker and that but there's also a couple of stages so you're four stages before of a light to deeper sleep and then REM sleep so there is also a regenerative uh, stage with more the deeper sleep but to be technical they also change the amounts of time through so you have more deeper sleep later in the in the night so you have a lighter sleep going in and then deep sleep, but there is a 90 minute cycle, so they do rotate four or five times. 
So it's it's identifying these different different routine these different uh, rhythms, and so that you will have it go through an experience of it of deeper. They tend to say that when you're in your rep, rapid eye movement, it's very hard or, to really wake someone up. It's such a deep sleep. Um, so it's important to have that deep sleep. Um, but there's usually there's usually four areas where it's usually a case of people aren't getting enough amount of sleep. They're not getting enough restorative sleep. Um, and they're not getting the quality or, the, or, or the, 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 the satisfaction. So they're waking up tired or they're waking up too early. So they can't get to sleep or they wake up too early. Then they're sleeping long, but they're not getting the, res the restorative element of the sleep. And so some of them, you need to look at each individual of what's going on in their life or lifestyle, because it can even be sometimes as simple as medication that they're on. And food timing as well. And food timing and, and, and what they're, they're, but stress is a big one. The stress is the interesting one because that's the main one why people actually sleep, but they'd wake up they're not, they don't get the rest, restoration. They can actually sleep longer, but they don't, they're still tired. It's like when people have 10, 12 hours sleep and they, they still feel tired. Yeah, they're not getting the quality of sleep. Whereas if you get that good, deep quality of sleep, you can get to seven, eight hours sleep, but it should really, I mean, a lot of the research then suggests, you know, six hours and lower is really detrimental. You know, the six to eight, but you know, 18, even for some people close to more 10, but when you're getting up to 12 hours sleep, 14 hours of sleep, you'd start questioning why does someone need that, that amount of sleep? Are they really getting the quality of sleep? And you can check your sleep with things like the watches. With I would say if you have got watches or you've got an app on your phone like Sleep Cycle or something, that you make sure things are on airplane mode and don't do it every night. Yeah, I, th I like those as far as initially doing them to understand your sleep cycle. I like also the idea, some of them, I played around like last year a bit with sleep of, um, an alarm which comes on and wakes you around the time when you want to get up but yep. in, in a lighter sleep mode so you're not trying to be woken up in that deep deep sleep where you, where you oh what, what's going on it wakes you so it might even wake you up half an hour early but actually it made a big difference I was kind of oh, yeah. ready to be up and a lot of people that I spoke to about that got defensive about it because I don't want to wake up half an hour earlier. But now you're actually you waking wake up at the right when time. You're actually in the cycle in the lighter part of sleep, so you don't wake up all groggy. Yeah. You end up if you did sleep the extra half an hour, you end up just getting back into a deeper level of sleep slightly, and you wake up like that or groggy. And that is another thing with sleep um, hitting the sleep button on yeah, yeah. on your alarm clock, where people do this. People do it multiple times as well. And it might be 10, 15 minutes. They're designed so you don't get out of that light stage of sleep. But yeah. some people will do it and they're already, they don't always take 10, 15 minutes to get into that sleep. They're getting quicker. Now, if they do that, they end up, they go down into that deep level of sleep, wake themselves up, hit sleep again. And they end up doing it three, four times. And they're just trying to bounce into that dream mode um, where actually they're not now getting the, the quality of sleep. So it's actually counterproductive. Very counterproductive. And they actually wake up groggier yeah. than if they didn't do it in the first If the natural place. light would wake us up, which is obviously difficult this time of year, but if the natural light woke us up, we would get a sense of waking up and lying in bed and then getting out of bed. We wouldn't get a sense of the alarm going off, going, oh, that's the time, I must now get out of bed. So it's, it's, it's the, I like the sleep cycles and people understanding that. Uh, and I like the technology being tweaked, tweaked towards it. Um, and so that's why I also like the idea of, of um, the light uh, light boxes or the light 
alarm clocks, which you yeah, I've got some a Lumi, Lumi lamp as well. I've got it. Yeah. it wakes you up over thirty minutes. Sometimes you wake up ten minutes, fifteen minutes before the alarm, but it's it's a weird sensation that you can't really explain until you actually get one of these alarm clocks next to you. Yeah. That when you're dreaming, you can kind of like I look, I close my eyes now and I can see red from the back of my eyelids. Yeah, and you can feel that. And it's kind of like the sun is rising. Yeah, you get a sense of awaking, awaking into the day. And that's one of the... It's a massive thing in the winter time as well because we have these darker mornings that yeah. it can help people with SAD as well. So Easy. seasonal affectional disorder, massively to have them. Not having a sad lamp necessarily, which are a great thing, I've got one of them, but having this alarm clock so you're not waking up all Yeah, boring. and then using something like the sad lamp during the day, so now you're then creating the right day rhythm so then at night you get the melatonin coming in and and it really is it can be very technical but it's actually quite basic when you look at it as day and night of a rhythm together rather than just thinking sleep i can't sleep so i'll take i'll take something to make me sleep it solves the problem there and then but it doesn't really solve the rhythm of why you're out of rhythm yeah and we'll, we'll get on to in the next one a bit a little bit of technology and certain things that are going to help yeah. the cycle but with this one it's that's just the, we've spoke about sleep, the importance of sleep is impacting the hormones. It can yeah. make you a lot more stressed and be a stress stacker essentially. And also with the circadian rhythm, how our body is naturally designed to function with the actual daylight, with the earth, yeah. uh, where light, sunlight comes up and it goes down. Yeah. And yes, we can't do that in winter at the time because we would never get anything done. So it's we're slightly out of sync already. But it's identifying that there is a rhythm. It's identifying that we actually work against it. it. Yeah. So we have some consistency there, and I think that's the big thing to take out of this this episode. Yeah, and then we look forward to next week. We'll go through hopefully some tips or some things that we can use to uh, to try and improve our quality of sleep, and um, and therefore our quality of production through the you know being productive during the day. Definitely, that's what it's all about. Cool, excellent. Thank you guys for joining us this week and we yeah. shall see you next week. Have a Take good care. one. See you then.